this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. To start out today's episode, I'd like to announce the winner of the gorgeous silk yarn that I mentioned in episode 82. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes on my blog was entered into the drawing to win. I randomly chose between all of the entries, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Frankly Becca on Ravelry. Congratulations, Becca. I'll be in touch with you soon to get your mailing information so that I can ship this lovely yarn out to you right away. Thank you to everyone who entered, and if your name wasn't called this time, please don't lose hope. I offer a new giveaway each and every episode, so you'll have lots of opportunities to enter to win something fun. So, I have some exciting news to share with you. I'll be attending the New York State Sheep and Wool Festival in Rhinebeck this year. I have had to listen to bloggers and podcasters and knitters talk about how much fun they've had at this event for the past few years now. And since I live on the other side of the country, I didn't know if attending would ever be a possibility for me. But this year, I will be there. And I am so, so excited about it. I won't be traveling alone, however. I'll be there with my husband and my daughter as well as my friend Hannah Fettig and her family. Now, as I understand it, there is a Ravelry meetup every year on Saturday from 12 to 1 in the field just up from the main gate. Hannah and I will be there in our hand-knit sweaters, so please come and say hello. And if you want to bring your copy of Coastal Knits, Hannah and I would love to both sign it for you. And if you come wearing a garment from Coastal Knits, you will probably also have to get your picture taken, as well as maybe a hug too. Just a warning. Also, both Hannah and myself are packing a few little goodies to give away for all of the knitters who come and say hi to us as well. Now, I don't get over to the East Coast often, So I am extremely excited to meet you knitters who live in the area and attend this event. So I really hope to see you there. I was looking up the information page about the festival online, and it looks like it's going to be so much fun. It's not just a place to buy fiber and yarns, but there's tons of activities and animals too. I know my daughter is going to love it especially. This is kind of an exciting trip for her. Her first time in the airplane, her first time in New York. I think it's going to be really fun. Because I'm an over-ambitious mom who loves matching, I decided to knit up a wee wildflower cardigan for my daughter to wear to the festival on Saturday. You see, I'm going to be wearing my adult version, the wildflower cardigan from Coastal Knits, because I like it, and because it may be the only hand-knit sweater I own that fits me, and also because my daughter and I have to match, of course, it was only fitting that I make her one too. 
this is kind of going to be a special day for us. So actually this project has kind of worked out perfectly because I've been really meaning to find something to knit out of that awesome natural wool that I received from the Nature Conservancy in Patagonia. You may remember me talking all about it in episode 75. It's a beautiful sport weight wool in a natural white color. And I just didn't want it to languish in my stash forever. So I'm almost done with this little wee wildflower sweater for my daughter. And I'm just now working on the button bands and seaming it up. So thankfully it'll be done way in time for our upcoming trip. Just as I thought, the yarn worked up so beautifully. It's wonderfully soft. I think that this will be a sweater that she can wear right against the skin and it won't bother her. And fortunately for this little sweater, however, no knitting project seems to be safe in my house between my toddler son and cat. One day, for instance, I found my sweater project unraveled and the yarn wrapped around every piece of furniture in my living room, like a horrific wool spiderweb. Now my son seemed quite pleased by his accomplishment. I, however, was not. No sooner than I got all of that yarn cleaned up and untangled and everything back in order with my sweater, it was then assaulted by my cat, who gave it a very good scratching and chewed the yarn right through. Of course. After the latest incident, I was very careful to only place my project in very high places, away from danger. I know that it sounds like the sweater would be in pretty bad shape after all of that, but it still surprisingly looks pretty good. Now remember, this was an undyed white wool, so you can imagine there are a few stains on it now, and I'm not happy about that, but I'm feeling confident that they'll come out with a good soaking and maybe a spot treatment that I'll use on it when I wet block the sweater. It's amazing to me how some projects could be left within arms and claws reach for weeks and go unnoticed and untouched, and some just get all of the abuse. At least this sweater is just for my daughter, and it doesn't have to be photographed for a magazine or anything. Before I found out about this trip, and before I started knitting this sweater for it, I did get started on that little toy goat pattern I mentioned in my last episode. He's nearly done, and I plan on finishing the little guy as soon as I can, and sending it off to my cousin's little baby boy. I hope he loves it. I'm going to try to get a picture. Also in my last episode, I spoke about a new sweater pattern that I was going to be releasing soon. Now if you follow me on Ravelry or visit my blog, you'll already know that I recently published an adult version of my Playful Stripes sweater pattern for children. For years now, I've had knitters ask me for an adult-sized version of this sweater, and I've really wanted to make one. Really, I have. I think I designed the sweater back in 2009, so it's kind of been a while. But I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret, okay? A little behind-the-scenes secret. 
I actually designed an adult version of the sweater in 2011. I was very pregnant at the time. I was up to my eyeballs in work publishing a Coastal Knits book. And at that time, I had not a lot of experience in designing women's sweaters. So let's just say the resulting adult playful striped sweater was pretty much an embarrassing epic failure. Basically everything that could have gone wrong did. It was it was terrible. The colors weren't flattering together, the proportions were all wrong, the button spacing was terrible. Even Julie Crawford, the knitter who models for me and is one of the prettiest girls I know, couldn't even make this sweater work. It was that bad. In 2011, I was going through kind of a stressful time in my life, and the sweater mess up really upset me, and it kind of made me lose confidence. So I simply just shoved it into a plastic bag in my closet. And only now, three years later, have I decided to attempt this again. I think I was just traumatized by the whole thing. I kept the sweater thinking I would do some sort of crazy surgery on it someday, cut the sleeves, you know, cut off the bottom hem and reattach it later and cut off the button bands and redo them. I don't know. I thought that maybe I'd repurpose the yarn. But when I pulled out that sweater again, I realized it was simply too far gone. There was no amount of work that was going to make this sweater attractive. Instead, I decided just to start over from scratch. What a difference a couple of years of experience makes. I sailed through the design process this time around, and I really love how this sweater turned out. The finished cardigan is flattering. It fits the body very nicely. I used Quince & Company Owl Yarn for my version, and I tried to mimic the colors in the original child sweater, but went for more adult hues, of course. Now the fun thing about this project, if you choose to knit it, is that you can use any colors you want for the striped yoke. It's fun and addicting to mix and match and plan out which colors complement each other. This sweater is great for using up scraps of yarn that you have lying around and even using different textures. That might be really kind of fun if you have a lot of different scraps that are the same weight but made out of different fibers. That can make for a really, really pretty sweater. Really, the possibilities are endless. Now, more importantly, with this new adult version, you and your little one can now match. I told you, I'm all about matching, right? Most people think that matching with your family members is kind of lame, but I happen to think matching outfits are adorable. So there. I'll provide a link to my new sweater design in the show notes if you'd like to check it out for yourself. Additionally, I'll be offering a free adult and children's playful stripes pattern for this episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who leaves a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 83 will be entered to win. I'll be picking three winners this time that will all receive copies of the two patterns in the mail, and I'll be announcing them in the following episode. (music) 
Today's knitting story was kindly contributed by podcast listener Christina, or Chrissa, on Ravelry. This is her personal knitting story entitled, The Knitted Leggings. This knitting story begins almost four years ago, in late 2010. My then boyfriend had just moved from Australia to Sweden to complete a Master of Music. We're both musicians, and we agreed that although it would be difficult for us as a couple, it would be a wonderful opportunity for him to study with a great teacher. Now when I say he moved to Sweden, I should say he moved to northern Sweden, practically into the Arctic Circle. The small town he moved to is a place where the average temperature on a winter's day is about minus 20 degrees Celsius. That's minus 4 Fahrenheit. There was snow on the ground from November through to May. Not to mention that it was almost as far as he could possibly get from me in sunny Australia. I planned to visit him in my summer holidays from late December until mid-February, exactly when it's coldest in the northern hemisphere. I was convinced that when I visited, I would succumb to the cold. The coldest I'd ever experienced was only around freezing point. I'd never seen real snow. I would have to wear something very warm. So with my boyfriend away, I was pretty lonely and also had a lot of spare time on my hands. I decided that the best possible use of my time was to knit a pair of leggings for my trip. I know what you're thinking. Just buy a pair from the shops. That's what my parents told me. But I was determined. I would make the best leggings ever, and my boyfriend would love them, and we would live happily and warmly ever after. This was the first pattern I'd ever followed. It had just all been garter-stitched blankets and scarves up until now. I chose a full-length, skin-tight leggings pattern from Drops Design a Scandinavian yarn company that has many free patterns on their website. It called for fingering weight alpaca yarn to make a thin, comfortable fabric. So off I went to the $2 shop and bought myself about 10 balls of chunky, fluffy acrylic in a mottled brown colour. It felt soft, so I was sure it would be fine. I didn't mean to ignore the pattern. I just had no idea that yarn thickness mattered in any way. As far as I knew, I was doing the right thing. Obviously, I knew nothing about tension or making a gauge swatch at all. Maybe if I'd gone to a yarn shop, a sales assistant might have helped me. But I don't think that the checkout chicks at the $2 shop really know anything about knitting, despite selling yarn. This pattern had many challenges for me. Using double-pointed needles, knitting in the round, putting stitches on hold, dividing for the legs... It was all new to me, but I muddled along quite well. That is, until I ran out of yarn halfway down one leg. There was no more yarn left at the shop, so I substituted with whatever yarn I had around from other projects. A worsted weight blue wool, some sports weight white acrylic. Like I said before, I just assumed it would all work out the same. I made stripes on both legs from mid-calf down so they matched, and I thought it looked pretty good. Predictably, I didn't know anything about blocking, so that didn't happen either. Probably that would have made them way, way too big. So it's a lucky thing I didn't know about it. 
I finished the pants about a week before I was supposed to leave for Sweden. Miraculously, when I briefly tried them on, the leggings didn't fit all that badly. Pretty loose in the waist and a fairly saggy bottom, but the legs fitted okay, particularly from the calf down where I changed to a thinner yarn. Since I was going to wear the leggings under my jeans, I figured that the fit problems wouldn't bother me. Note that I only briefly tried them on. Remember, in December, it's summer in Australia, and my house had no air conditioning. All I could manage was to try them on for 30 seconds before expiring from the heat. There was no real test run. So, assuming they were fine, I put them in my suitcase and went off on my big trip overseas. As expected, Sweden was ridiculously cold. I'd never seen anything so incredible as the whole landscape completely covered in a metre-thick blanket of snow. Even the trees were frozen. Cars left out overnight looked like small snow mountains in the morning. A friend lent me a special coat made with duck down, which helped me to not freeze. That was a lifesaver, as we had no transport and walked everywhere through the snow. But back to the leggings. I tried them on in my boyfriend's apartment and pranced around in them until it was time to go out to the university where he studied. I put my jeans on top and we walked out the door, up the white slippery path to the university. Within about 20 minutes of getting inside, I started to get itchy. Then I started getting hot. Then I got uncomfortable with all the excess fabric bunching around the seat of my pants. I got so uncomfortable and itchy and hot that I just had to take them off in a bathroom before we even got to lunchtime. And I never wore them again. Not for the entire two months I was there. These pants that I'd worked so hard on turned out to be just completely inappropriate. I didn't even wear them for a whole day. As it turns out, many Swedes just wear normal clothes under their big coat and don't wear all those layers indoors. Their heating is very good and their buildings are very well insulated. In those leggings, I was absolutely cooking. When I came home to Australia, where I was boiling hot even without wearing knitted pants, I frogged the whole thing. I re-knit the yarn into cute ribbed scarves and I gave them away as gifts. What I didn't tell the recipients was that their scarves had once been on my hot, sweaty legs. Looking back, that was a bit of a weird thing for me to do. But at the time, I would never have thrown away any kind of yarn, even if the fibre content was totally gross and probably had my DNA in it. So that was the end of my knitted pants. Even though they were a massive fail, I don't regret knitting them. I learned so much from making them. I followed a pattern for the first time, I learned about gauge and yarn choice and never to knit a skin-tight garment ever again. On a more personal note, I also think that they helped me through a difficult part of a long-distance relationship. Knitting wild away the hours and made me feel as though I was actually achieving something. Over the two years my then boyfriend was away, I began doing more knitting and crafts as a way to immerse myself in something and stop being lonely. And now I'm a much more accomplished knitter. I've now made many garments I wear all the time. So if you're lonely, I encourage you to find a weird pattern and knit something out of the ordinary. 
Try making some pants, or a bikini, or a crazy tea cozy. It might just cheer you up and teach you some new skills. Oh, and by the way, my then boyfriend is now my husband. He still liked me after I showed him my crazy knitted pants, so I figure we can get through anything together. Thank you so much, Christina, for sharing your story with all of us. I'll be sure to post a link to Christina's Ravelry page in the show notes of this podcast if you'd like to check out the knitted leggings for yourself. She has a picture of the pattern. Also, if you listening have a knitting story that you would like to share on the podcast sometime, please get in touch. I would love to hear your story and perhaps include it in a future episode. I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I want to remind everyone, your stories are what makes this podcast truly unique, special, and fun to listen to. I hear it all the time from knitters around the world. They love to hear your stories. So if you have a good one, please don't hold back. Don't be shy. Please get in contact. I would love to hear it. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I am also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join me again at the end of October for episode 84. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes The house plants, they're all dead Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair if it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Nobody has clean laundry, no pants, no shirts, no underwear, but they have closets full of sweaters, and more socks than they could ever wear. There's yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. Even in the washer and dryer That's why She can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again 
boa. Poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had